Welcome to episode 18 of Tatami Room Post-Jet Plans. This is your host, Martin. Hope you all are having a great evening um, or morning, wherever you may be. Uh, Thank you all for tuning in and listening to this week's episode. So this week, I thought I would switch things up a little bit and talk about uh, what I want to do after finishing the JET program, and that is go to law school and become a lawyer. Um, and, uh, so I thought I would kind of detail my journey to kind of, uh, get to a point where I've at this time or at this point I've applied to, this is my second time applying to law schools. Uh, but I thought I would kind of detail that and describe, uh, what one needs to get into law school. Uh, I think that might be really interesting for some uh, people listening abroad. Uh, even if you're in the U S maybe not completely familiar with, uh, you know, kind of the route that one needs to go in order to get into a law school in the U.S. The stoic quote for this week is, He with the most who is content with the least. And this one is by Diogenes. I thought this one was really interesting. I was kind of having a little bit of trouble wrapping my head around it. Um, Quick little personal update. Uh, I think I mentioned this last episode, but we are fully in Bonenkai season. Uh, so end of year parties. I had two last week, one with some of my soccer teammates or some teachers that I play soccer with sometimes, and one with the Department of Education, Kyoikuinkai, which is kind of where I'm uh, employed. I will have two more uh, this week, I believe. Uh, so looking forward to those. Um, especially, uh, since, you know, by the end of the week, uh, I think I'm taking vacation next week so I can kind of, uh, (laughs) relax during those, uh, those parties, not have to worry about teaching the next week or getting, uh, materials ready and whatnot. The other thing I want to mention, uh, before we delve into things is that I had a great time on Sunday. I refereed the English uh, speech contest. It was uh, quite a bit of fun. The it was organized by the Leo Club, which is part of like a, a charter club called Lions Club International. It's actually founded in Chicago, I believe. And so I I refereed. I was one of the judges, um, and that was really interesting. I think everyone did a great job, and it was really cool to see. One of my favorite uh, speeches, this guy, um, he spoke about kind of challenging yourself, pushing yourself to do things you're not comfortable with. And his whole thing was like he is he was he wasn't the best at English. That's what he was saying. Um, And but he saw this opportunity and decided to kind of challenge himself. And I think we ended up giving him the kind of uh, incentive award. Is that what it was called? Which is kind of like you know, this guy, this person, you know, really tried their best. And I talked to my friend, um, the ALT at the high school, who, um, you know, is actually that uh, individual's teacher. And she also kind of confirmed like, yeah, in class, you know, English isn't his favorite, but he really came out here and showed up. And uh, yeah, I think that's kind of a really cool spirit and energy. So I really liked listening to his speech. And that being said, let's jump right into things. See you in a bit.
right, welcome back everyone. Let's jump right into things. I wanted to start by first explaining, you know, what uh, things you need in order to apply to law school in the United States. Now, the first thing is, I think this is fairly obvious, but you need an undergraduate diploma. Uh, at least I'm fairly sure. There may be like an outstanding circumstance, but I I think that 99.9% of cases you're going to need an undergrad diploma. What is surprising, however, uh, or what may surprise some people, is that any diploma works. So even if it's not very related to law, like culinary arts, a STEM subject, biochem, for example, you can still apply to law school. Now, that doesn't mean that you'll get in. That kind of hinges on a whole collection of factors. But the thing is, you can still apply. Now, having a major that relates to law, um, like I think at UW where I went, we had a, quote, law societies and justice major, or having one in a related field like economics, even philosophy. So I did both of those, um, which, which are good. But that kind of uh, helps you in the sense that it shows that, okay, you are interested in law to, to some extent. Whereas if you're coming in with a biochem degree, for example, you're going to need to do some heavy lifting in your essays to say, to explain, hey, okay, so I did biochem of all things in undergrad, what's made me come all the way and swing over to law? Um, law school admissions officers, I think, are going to want to understand, you know, why, why the sudden change of heart? Uh, so unless you can explain that kind of switch well, uh, probably better off doing a uh, subject that is related to law. So that's kind of the path I followed, taking uh, economics and uh, philosophy. Now, you're also going to need a graduate uh, examination. So that can either be the LSAT or the GRE. I'm not entirely familiar with the GRE, uh, either with the scores or, you know, if, if you should have it or shouldn't. But because I took the LSAT, you can apply with just one of the tests uh, or with both, I believe. But I, I just took the LSAT. Um, that's the one that I took. Um, so I have the most familiarity with that one. Uh, in terms of the application itself, you're going to be applying online. I think there's ways to mail in the application as well, but I think that might be a little bit more complicated. That's not the path that I took, but it's all it's all quite nicely centralized on one website where you can just kind of, you know, select the law schools you want to pick and then you know, click on those and it takes you to the law school specific application page where you fill out a questionnaire and whatnot. <clears throat> but so what you need for the online application are going to be a series of essays. Uh, so that includes like a personal statement. I think this year Harvard had, instead of a personal statement, they had a statement of purpose, which is, okay, why do you want to go into law? And a statement of perspective that was, okay, what do you bring to the Harvard community? Um, and what kind of perspective do you hold uh, entering the legal profession? Uh, you're all, like I mentioned, you're also going to need a resume and uh, any addenda. So addenda, 
I'm not an admissions expert, so I'm not going to counsel anyone on whether they should write one or shouldn't. But basically, addenda are extra small essays that can kind of explain a uh, an outlier or something that might raise the eyes of an admissions officer. Like, let's say your grades in one year are significantly lower than another year, but you had a, an illness that you were dealing with that year, you would write in a, an addenda in that case, like, hey, I was, you know, in the hospital quite a lot, couldn't, it was really hard for me to focus on my grades, uh, I'm willing to talk about it, but just wanted to let you all know. So that's an instance, like, uh, why, why are your grades so much lower, like drastically lower in one year or in one quarter? Uh, than than the other quarters that you were um, at your undergraduate institution. If it's like, okay, one class didn't go so well and uh, was below your standards, that's okay. I don't think you need to write an addenda in that case. It's more so for like a big sort of red flag that you might want to get out front and address. Uh, things that help in your application are having strong extracurriculars. So if you're like a team captain of your sport, if you did sports and you were uh, like a collegiate level athlete and you won like an NCAA title or something, that helps a lot. Uh, leadership positions also help. Having um, high quality internships also help. Uh, one other thing is having good letters of rec. I think one thing that you got to think about is it's not just the prestige of the person who's writing your letter uh, of recommendation. It's also, okay, how long have you worked with them? How long have you gotten to know them? And uh, what are they going to write about you? You know, if it's just a, a professor that you've had for one quarter only, um, you know, maybe they might write a good letter and maybe they're qualified to write a good one. But if there's a professor that you've always worked with, I think you know, you've had for multiple classes and whatnot, that's probably uh, a, a be better uh, option. Um, unless, you know, maybe you're not on the best terms with that professor, in which case, you know, um, use uh, or ask someone else. But yeah, that's just my, kind of my take on it. Next, I wanted to talk a little bit about you know, why I'm interested in law. I think I've shared this with some of you all already. But uh, for those of you who don't know, I... Uh, this is kind of a uh, typical law school question, but to sum it up, um, I kind of I really like the intellectual rigor and strategical component of law. I think you know you got a bunch of different factors colliding. You got a, a jury you got to deal with. You got um, opposing lawyers that you got to outmaneuver and outwit, and certain like paperwork that you and, and rhetoric that you must ensure is kind of. Uh, very correct and very precise because if it isn't then you know the the opposition can use it against you and so i, I kind of like it's it's almost like chess uh, i enjoy watching chess i enjoy playing it as well sometimes although I, I feel like i'm not i'm not very good at it but yeah so i really like that component of it um that strategical element and then the other thing that it kind of really makes it come together for me is is the fact that you know when when you're doing when you're practicing law you're always kind of assisting someone else and i for a very long time now i've held leadership positions positions where you know i'm helping people out and or just collaborating with others and i really enjoy that teamwork component so if 
I'm in a legal position, right, as a working as a lawyer where I'm solving a really complex problem and, and trying to advance the interests of my client. I think that, you know, that's just a, a job that's cut out for me. So that's kind of my, my motivation right there. Ideally, like if I lived in a dream world, then I could work as a lawyer who's setting up, helping someone set up a business um, or a sale uh, for companies that operate in Japan and the U.S. So that way I could have some connection to Japan still, maybe even travel there at times. That would be kind of the most ideal. Now, in terms of um, my journey till now, um, I at this by this point, I've kind of checked all the boxes that uh, one needs to apply to law school. And last year, uh, last cycle, um, was it like, yeah, wait, it was earlier, earlier this year, and time flies fast. But in early January of this year, I believe I turned in most of my applications for the 2023 cycle. So that would have been uh, law schools, I would have entered law school this summer, and started the three year JD program. Now, um, I'm going to get to my results in just a moment. But what kind of my portfolio looked like was I had uh, a strong GPA or grades, I had a 175 uh, LSAT, and I had fairly decent extracurriculars, I would say. I was also engaged in leadership positions, sports and whatnot. Um, quickly about the 175 LSAT score, if you're interested on how I studied for this or LSAT tips, uh, leave a comment. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, writing, not writing, but creating an episode that's solely focused on LSAT and just any feedback or advice I might have taking it. Um, it was uh, it was a really interesting and difficult exam. I guess just one thing I, I would say before, uh, if anyone uh, if anyone's listening right now, is start early if you're planning to study. That's what really worked for me. I spent quite a bit of time on it. But overall, I applied to seven schools So in January. I got one acceptance for UW, got rejected twice, from one from Stanford, one from Harvard, and I got four wait lists for Berkeley, Columbia, University of Chicago, and Georgetown. Now, uh, unfortunately, uh, I never got off the wait list. I don't know if it's unfortunate because may maybe if I did, then I would be at law school instead of here in Japan. Uh, but yeah, never got off the wait list. I think if I sent a really committed, uh, there's these things called letters of continued interest, which is like you're on the wait list, uh, but you write the admissions committee a letter saying, hey, you know, I know I'm on the wait list. I know I might not have uh, the highest of chances, but, you know, this is my top choice. I'm really interested in coming here, thinking of visiting. Uh, if you really... If you send a letter like that, you know, genuinely showing your interest in the school, I think your chances rise quite a bit. Now, I actually sent a letter like that to a couple of schools, but I think I, it was kind of half-hearted. I'm going to be honest. It was, it was half-hearted. I I was like, well, if, if y'all want to take me, then yeah, but I'm also doing the JEP program, so I don't know. Yeah, it was wishy-washy, and I don't think it was, uh, I don't think it was good. Um, yeah, but in any case, I ended up here in Japan, and so, you know, all, all is good that, that ends well. <clears throat> now, 
uh, fast forward to October, no, November, early November, I turned in my applications again, this time for the 2024 cycle. This time I'm uh, only applying to two schools though, uh, University of Chicago and Harvard. Um, University of Chicago being my top choice and uh, favorite school right now. I early I applied early decision there. So what that means is uh, I can only apply to one school early decision and if they accept me, which hopefully they do, then I have to withdraw my application from all other schools and uh, commit to the school that uh, accepts me on early decision, which for me that would be University of Chicago. So hopefully that happens. I'm uh, really excited about that, that possibility. Um, and I don't know if I forget if I mentioned this in the beginning of the episode or if I, I cut that take out, but I actually had my University of Chicago uh, interview uh, this past uh, Saturday. It was quite early for me, 6.30 a.m., just because of the time difference. Uh, it was still uh, Friday working hours for Chicago. Um, but yeah, so the interview went fairly well, I would say. It's it's hard for me to judge on how well or you know these interviews go. It's it's uh it's tough. I I was also kind of scared um, and maybe a little bit off my game I would say because my connection wasn't the strongest and we had to turn our cameras off to avoid a delay. And even then I cut out I cut out one time, uh, which was not ideal. I liked the answer that I gave the first time. So it's kind of unfortunate because you know I cut out and they asked me to re-explain it, and so I was kind of thrown off a little bit. And I think my second explanation may not have been uh, been the best. But one thing that was kind of nice though is uh, the stoic quotes of the week uh, came in clutch. Um, so I, I to one of the questions that was posed by the. The admissions officer, I was actually able to recall one of the stoic quotes that I love browsing over, and I mentioned it was episode 16, I believe, and uh, I, it, I was able to recite it from memory, fit well into my answer, sounded natural, so I was really happy that I got that in. I think it's cool that... if. It, one thing about my answer that I liked was that it sounded natural. It wasn't forced. It wasn't like I didn't like prepare this answer or anything. It was it was really kind of off the cuff, and I think it was nice that I was able to do that with with a stoic quote. So you know, shout out to uh, <laughs> to the podcast for uh, for helping me out over there. <clears throat> now, in terms of what kind of uh, questions were asked, if anyone's curious fairly, I'd say the fairly standard kind of law school interview, they're going to ask you like, okay, why are you interested in law? They're also going to ask, okay, why particularly our law school? You know, there's a bunch of law schools out there. And then in terms of, okay, well, our, our law school is in location X. Um, what about location X makes you want to come here? So I had all of those questions, I believe. Yes, I answered all of those. There's one or two more that were that were asked. I also answered those, but that's kind of your boilerplate. Like, okay, you know, why law? Why our school? And why the city that our school is in? Those three questions you got to be prepared to answer um, any law school interview that you're going into. In terms of when I find out my results. Um, Hopefully this week, that would be really nice, uh, before Christmas. 
but by latest, I would say for this is for U Chicago, University of Chicago. Um, it would be by the end of the month, so before before the end of December. As for Harvard, um, not entirely sure yet. They might interview me or might not. Um, last time I didn't even get an interview for Harvard, so yeah, that one is quite competitive. We'll see. Um, I will. I I think if I get an interview for Harvard, they would send one around uh, mid January. If if they don't, then probably rejected. But hopefully, I get accepted to the University of Chicago uh, before I have to worry about that. Now, finally, uh, to conclude, the implications of this would be, you know, if I get in, then uh, I would probably leave Japan um, right when my contract ends around the begin beginning of uh, August, go back to the U.S. and start law school, I think, whenever it starts. I'm not entirely sure. I think it's mid-August, so something like that. If I don't get into either school, I will most likely recontract and stay here for another year. Um, in Nishinomote, which I'm not entirely opposed to. Um, it's kind of, I look at it as kind of like a win-win situation. Either I get into an amazing school, uh, really happy, right, get to go do that, or get to recontract and uh, continue this experience. Now, in terms of uh, if if we're uh, anyone if anyone's wondering what what happens to Tatami Room. If I'm not in Japan anymore, if I move back to the States, I think I want to keep it going, um, keep uh, continuing to record episodes, um, you know, put them out. I enjoy, I enjoy doing it, and I think I, if I'm in law school, I'll definitely have a lot to talk about. Um, the, the, the content of the, the, the podcast might change, but I, I think I'll still be putting episodes out, so... Uh, don't worry about that. <laughs> All right. With that being said, uh, let's cut to the outro. All right. Welcome to the end of the episode. Uh, thanks for listening until now. Here are your word and stats of the week. So the word and the word of the week is yabai. So yabai is kind of the English equivalent of damn. So you can use it in a lot of contexts. So, you know, if you think about it in English, you can say damn when, you know, you see a really nice car go by. Damn, that's a nice car, kind of. Or you can say it like when you forget your homework at home. You know, you're on the bus, the school bus. You forget your homework's not in your bag. You're like, damn, no, I forgot it at home. So damn has a lot of uses in the English language. Uh, yabai kind of does that in Japanese. You can say yabai kind of, again, when a cool car passes or something cool happens. Someone does a cool skateboard trick. Yabai, that was cool. Um, or you can also, like, if you see something gruesome happen, you like, yabai. Um, or, again, if you forget your homework, that's also pretty yabai. So yabai, very flexible little word there. Um, and a fun little thing about it is that I played... Um, I played this game at last Friday's Bonenkai with the uh, Department of Education people, and we played this game where you would say a word that has kind of multiple uses, like yabai uh, or sumimasen, uh, which is excuse me, and depending on the tone um, and expression of the individual, uh, we would we were in teams and we had to guess, okay, what kind of 
Yabai was this you you'd have four options and you know the options were like okay is this a Yabai that you would say when you get a call uh, from work at 9 p.m. is this a yabai you would say when you eat a really you know good piece of food is this a yabai that you would uh, say when the superintendent uh, you know kind of taps you on the shoulder and uh, asks something of you so it, that was quite a fun game um, yeah I they I actually uh, presented one of the uh, the rounds as well so I got to do the act um, but for me, they, they picked an English word. So I said, dude, instead of, uh, instead of yabai, you know, dude also has, I guess, uh, multiple, uh, multiple meanings depending on the context it is used in. But yeah, it's quite a fun game. Um, yeah. So yabai is your word of the week. Uh, your stats, uh, yeah, I'll get two this week, uh, two, two stats of the week. One is 32.64%. And the other is 23.91%. And uh, these are the percent chance of me getting accepted into the University of Chicago and Harvard, respectively. Um, this is solely off of GPA, uh, grades, and my LSAT scores alone. So you can see, um, even with an LSAT score that is quite high, so 175 out of 180 is uh, in the 99.5th percentile, I believe, depending on the the, the test that um, or the cycle that you took it in. Uh, even with, I would say, fairly high scores, it's nowhere near guaranteed that I get in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've done all the work that I can uh, up to this point. You know, I sent worked a, a bunch on my on my essays. Really tried to hammer them out this time. I think I did well on the interview. Uh, so yeah, it's just a wait and see game at this point. Um, yeah, not much else I can do. Uh, but put my hands together and uh, roll the dice. So yeah, one thing I do want to say is that this isn't the this doesn't these stats don't mean that oh. N I personally have that chance of getting into the law school. These are a collection of self-reported statistics where people say, oh, this is the LSAT I had, GPA that I had, and self-reported acceptances, wait lists, and rejections. So, you know, it's it would say like, oh, the University of Chicago had, you know, this amount of people apply with these statistics that you input, and out of these, uh, out of the people that applied, you know, this percent, thirty-two point six four percent got in. Um, so that that just means off of a representative sample, that's about the chance that I have. It doesn't mean that I specifically have that amount of chance. In any case, thank you all so much for listening and tuning in uh, to this week's episode. I hope you all had. Uh, fun kind of listening and learning about uh, law schools in the U.S. and my ambitions, which hopefully come to fruition. In any case, have a wonderful rest of your day or have a good start to your day. Pera, spera, ad astra.